Welcome to True Spirituality Network. We are focused on spreading the gospel of God's love across the world. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out every fear. As you feed on God's love for you, allow His love to cast out every fear, worry, and anxiety. God loves you. Our precious Father, we want to thank you because you're such a good God. We thank you because your love is overwhelming and there's nothing more beautiful than always reminding ourselves of the fact that we are loved, we are forgiven, and we are justified. We give you all of the praise. And precious Father, we know as we fly into your word, you make us to see Jesus in the beauty of his holiness and let your name be glorified in Jesus mighty name of you prayed and let god's people say amen amen all right i want to welcome you to true spirituality network and if you're joining us for the first time we've been on a series the psalms of david the psalms of david and you know the bible says in a particular place it says how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. The Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace. The good news of Christ is the good news of peace that reminds us that there is no more enmity between God and you. God is no longer angry with you. God is no longer mad at you. No more enmity between a holy God and a sinful man. Yinka, why is that so? Because on the cross of Calvary, Jesus took the penalty, the judgment, the punishment of the sins of the entire world. So the sin has always been a barrier before God, between God and man. And Jesus on the cross decided to take sin on his body. And because Jesus already took care of your sins, past present and future there is no more enmity between you and god god is not mad at you god is not angry with you rather god loves you unconditionally he loves you on your good days and loves you on your ugly days the love of god towards you is a gift it is not based on you it is not based on your actions it is not based on how good you are it is based on how good god is God's love for you is not emotional. It doesn't change. It is forever. He has loved you with an everlasting love. And at times the enemy will want you to feel as if, if God really loves you, how come you are going through this situation? If God really loves you, how come you do not have this and that yet? But the truth of the matter is your condition, your situation, your circumstance is not what determines whether God loves you or not. The cross is the picture of God's love demonstrated towards humanity. Glory to God. So you are radically loved, completely forgiven, forever justified. Oh, glory to God. That's awesome. Anyway, we've been on the book of Psalms or the Psalms of David. And today I'll be teaching on Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8. We've reviewed a few of the Psalms written by David. 
And Psalms chapter 8 is one of the Psalms that was also written by David. And we there, there's a truth I feel as if we would love to see in the book of Psalms chapter 8. Um, David wrote so many Psalms, but David didn't write all the Psalms in the Bible. We already established that in the early episode of his teaching. And this is the episode 9, by the way, or this is the ninth teaching on the Psalms of David. So you can catch up with some of the past teaching. You can catch up with episode 1 to 8 online for free, either on YouTube, on Facebook, on Spotify, on Audiomark, on Amazon Music, on Apple Podcasts, on, on all your audio platforms for free. Glory to God. Psalms chapter 8. I'm going to start in from verse 1. Psalms chapter 8. If you have my kind of Bible, it will tell you, more like before verse 1, it will tell you on top of it, to the chief musician upon Githit, a psalm of David. So this is how we know that it was David that wrote it. You, are, you will see most of the time a psalm of David. So Psalms chapter 8 from verse 1. Psalms chapter 8 from verse 1. The Bible says, O Lord, how a God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. And verse 2, out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thy enemies, that thou might steal the enemies and the avengers. This is where the Avengers got the title of their movies, the Avengers. So once again, the Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling infants, have you ordained strength because of your enemies and the Avengers? Okay, there was a few break in the audio or in the video. Thank you. Verse 3, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moons and the stars which thou hast ordained. Verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. And this is just David actually thinking about it. When I consider the works of your hands, the moons and the stars which you have ordained, then what is man that you are mindful of him? You know, I love to teach a lot about the fact that god is mindful of you we're not just going to read it and just assume it's just a common word. you see when you are in love your mind is full of the person you love the mind of the lover is usually full of the thoughts and the picture and the images of the one that is being loved so the bible says when i consider the works of your hands when i look at the moons and the stars and i'm not planning to start teaching you on the number of stars in the galaxy but let me tell you this about stars in the galaxy there are more stars in the galaxy than the number of humans on the planet so let me see if you can wrap your hand around that so there are more stars in the galaxy we have more stars than the number of humans in the universe just stars if you just want to focus on all the creation of god we just want to choose out stars and david was saying when i consider the works of your hands 
the moon and the stars stars alone is if you want to study star <laughs> I, I don't know how long it will take you to even before you become before you can successfully master some of these things but my point is this when i consider the works of your hand the moon and the stars then what is man listen that you are mindful of him and this is how i think you should start seeing yourself you start thinking god is mindful of me god is always thinking about me the thoughts of god if you are to ask Pinyinka, what do you think god is thinking about i'll tell you he's thinking actively about me the bible says what is man that you are mindful of him so the mind of god is full of me god is currently thinking about me he's actively currently thinking about me Oboyinka, what is the effect of this in my day-to-day -day life? This is very important because, you see, when you go through stuff in life, one of the things the enemy wants you to feel is that God has forgotten you. God doesn't care about you. That's what the enemy wants you to feel. If you go through stuff and an un uncomfortable situation, the enemy wants you to feel as if, you see, God is angry with you. God doesn't care about you. And at times, he uses the punchline, if God really cares about you, why is this happening in your life? And this is the best time for you to remember Psalms chapter 8, verse 4, I believe. It says, God is mindful of me. What is man? I always like to put my name there. What is who is Yinka that you are so mindful of him? Oh, glory to God. Sometimes ago in 2016, when I just understood the love of God, it was very radical in my head. And I just kept telling everybody, God loves me. I am the beloved of God. However, I applied for direct entry into the University of Ibado in 2016. And I wasn't given the admission. And when I got the news that I wasn't given the admission, that I wasn't chosen for the direct entry, I remember immediately I got the news, the enemy threw a particular thought into my heart. And the thought says, if you claim that God loves you, if God really loves you, how come they didn't give you this direct entry admission into the University of Ibad? Now, I didn't have time to process it, but immediately that thought came into my heart. I just heard in my spirit. I just felt as if the Holy Spirit just helped me to answer that question. The enemy said, if God really loves you, how come they didn't give you the admission? I heard in my spirit the fact that I didn't get that particular admission is the proof that God loves me and he has better plans for my life. Glory to God. And that is what spiritual warfare is all about. It's, it's, it's more about the battle you fight in your mind. You are already loved by God, but the enemy wants you to feel as if, are you, surely, are you really sure you are loved? You're already forgiven completely, past, present, and future in Christ. But the enemy wants you to doubt it. You make me say, are you really sure you're forgiven in Christ? You're already justified in the sight of God, blameless, spotless, unreprovable. But the enemy wants to feel as if, are you really sure you're justified? Are you really, really, really sure? You know, and this is the, I always tell people that the, the devil is so dumb. He doesn't change tactics. The first temptation in the entire scripture, in the entire scripture, it was more about questioning identity. Now, the enemy told, or the serpent in this context, told Eve, did God say you should not eat of this tree? God knew, listen, 
that the day you eat of this tree, you will be like God. You will be like him. Stop. So this is the enemy trying to create a picture for Eve that Eve, you are not there yet until you hit a tree. You are not like God yet until you hit a tree. And that temptation is all about you don't have it yet. You are not who God says you are yet until you do. And that is religion, actually. Religion will make you feel as if you are not accepted in the sight of God until you do this, until you do that. God doesn't fully love you yet until you do this, until you do that. Religion makes you feel as if you are not anointed yet until you do this, until you do that. But she is not trying to be. And this is why I repeat this punchline a lot. You are not trying to be forgiven. You are not trying to be loved. You are not trying to be justified. You are not trying to be sanctified. You are not even trying to be holy. You are the holy one of God. Ian, why would you say that? In black and white, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, the latter part is Christ has been made unto us holiness, righteousness, wisdom, and so on. So it is not a point you are trying to get to. It is, that was your starting point. That was where you started your journey. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Anyway. So it's it's not a point you're trying to get to. The Bible says you're already complete in Christ. You are not trying to be complete. You're already completed in Christ. Glory to God. All right, let's continue. Psalms chapter 8. So God is always thinking about you. Verse 4. Talk about. Then verse 5 says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. Now, um, just for the fun of it, we can check what Psalms chapter 8 verse 5 NLT says, just for the fun of it. The reason I'm saying that is because over the years we've already confirmed this verse 5 that said, You have crowned him a little lower than the angels. That the original word there is actually, You have crowned him a little lower than Elohim. It's supposed to be God. But the translator of KJV just decided to put angels because they were like, Why would you say somebody's just a little lower than God? And so many background story behind that. But in context, why are you saying this? So that you don't think you are inferior to angels. You are a son. Angels are ministering spirits to every sons and daughters of God. And they are, they are assigned to protect you. That's what the Bible says about angels. They protect you and they, minist they are ministering spirits to every heirs of salvation. Talking about you and talking about me. So you are not lower than them. So the original word here in actually is supposed to be, you have made it little than God. And NLT says that actually, yeah, NLT says that. It says, yet you made them, you made them only a little lower than God. So the original word is Elohim. It is not angels. That is just for the fun of it. And I'm going to camp on the other part. We go back to KJV or maybe NIV, either one. And thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. And I'm going to camp here. That glory and honor word, I'm coming back to it. That will be my emphasis for the rest of this teaching. But for the fun of it, I have to read the whole of Psalm 8 so that we can be sure we've done Psalm 8. Then I come back to glory and honor. Verse 6, thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. This is how much God loves man. David is talking about God's love for man. God is mindful of man. God has given man dominion over the works of his hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field. Verse 8, the birds of the hair, 
the fish of the seas and whatever passeth through the path of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the heart. Glory to God. So we go back to verse 5, where we want to camp. The Bible says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And in original, it's supposed to be a little lower than yourself. And thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. And I want to camp at what it means to crown somebody with glory and honor. The Bible later explained what it actually means to crown somebody with glory and honor. So let's highlight, let us display the verse 5 again on the video. Verse 5 of Psalms 8 says, Thou hast made him a little than God or than the angels, and thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. So that punchline or that, that word or that, that is a clause of phrase, one of the two, <laughs> hopefully the phrase, that phrase crowned him with glory and honor. When they say, when the Bible says God has crowned man with glory and honor, what does it mean? How does it affect and positively impact our day-to-day -day life? And that's what I want to show you in the next 10 minutes or less. When the Bible says God has crowned you with glory and honor. So that any time you go to the Psalms of David, especially chapter 8, and you see God has crowned you with glory and honor, you understand what it means. So let's let scripture interpret scripture. What does it mean? To crown somebody with glory and honor. Let's start to the book of Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. The answer is in Second Peter chapter one. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Peter chapter one. We're going to read verse 16. To verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 to verse 18. One last time, 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 16 to verse 18. So Peter was writing his last epistles, and then he wrote something that is related to crowning somebody with glory and honor. So let us see. 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 16. For we have not cunningly, or we have not followed cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. Psalm chapter 8 says, you are, are crowned with glory and honor, or honor and glory. And Peter now is saying, for he received. Who is he talking about? For Jesus received from God the Father honor and glory when there came a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Verse 18. And this voice came from heaven. We heard when we were with him in the holy mountain or mount so this is a very specific event peter was making reference to the second peter is the last epistle of peter or last book of peter so it was like you know what what we are preaching to you we are not just making it up he said we were eyewitness of his majesty when god crowned jesus with glory and honor and then 
if you are curious when did god crown jesus with glory and honor actually verse 17 said when there came a voice from heaven from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased so peter was making reference to a time where himself and jesus was in a particular place precisely he mentioned holy mountain and that is making reference to matthew chapter 17 which i'm going to show you just two verses there shortly in matthew chapter 17 peter was there james was there john was there jesus took them to the holy mountain elijah appeared moses appeared and peter said lord it is good that we are here and while peter was saying lord let us make three tabernacles here one for you one for moses and one for elijah while he was saying that particular sentence the bible said a voice came from heaven and interrupted a voice came from heaven and the voice said this talking about jesus is my beloved son in woman well pleased hear him and peter was making reference to the fact that that voice affirming jesus symbolizes god crowning jesus with glory and honor and that's an important statement that voice that particular voice that says this is my beloved son in woman well pleased that voice actually simply means god was crowning jesus with glory and honor that voice was crowning jesus with glory and honor so if you go to matthew 17 and the bible says that voice saying i affirm you jesus you are my beloved son and peter was saying that is what it means to crown when god crowned jesus with glory and honor and if you go to Psalms chapter 8, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? You have made him a little lower than, in quote, the angels or yourself, one of the two. You have crowned him with glory and honor. So we can see that when we crown somebody with glory and honor, the idea behind it is that you are affirming the person. So God affirming Jesus, the Bible calls it crowning Jesus with glory and honor. So we can just simply say, we can say the same thing about man, that God affirms man. That God can say to the man that is born again today, that you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And to live with this reality in your day-to-day -day activity, we can literally say that God has crowned you with glory and honor when he tells you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. When God uses punchlines like that, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You are my beloved. I will never leave nor forsake you. That is God crowning you with glory and honor. Glory to God. That is God crowning you with glory and honor. So the affirmation of God, as we see in the case of Jesus, the affirmation of God is a picture of God crowning somebody with glory and honor. Amazingly, if you check your scripture, there were two times when that voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, a woman well pleased. When Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3, for reference, I believe verse 17, that should be the last verse in Matthew chapter 3. 
The Bible says when he came out of the water, a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And according to Peter, Peter said he was God crowned Jesus with glory and honor when a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. So Jesus received affirmation from God that says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In Matthew chapter 3, he received the same voice from God in Matthew chapter 17 that says, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Peter called that affirmation, that love from God. He called it God crowning Jesus with glory and honor. So if you go back to Psalms chapter 8, verse 5, and the Bible says, what is man? That, okay, or better still, what is man that, that you, no, verse 5, I'm quoting off and verse 5, she says, you have made him a little lower than God, you have crowned him with glory and honor. So when we say God has crowned man, and precisely God has crowned you with glory and honor, we simply means God has affirmed you. And God loves you. And God actively says the same thing concerning you, that this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. God is pleased with you. God is not trying to be pleased with you. Your faith in Christ automatically makes God pleased with you. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And in context, without faith in Christ. When you put your faith in what Christ has done, God is pleased with you. I know, I know people usually mix that context up. People think it's just faith and they don't even know what that faith is. They're trying to create something up. No, no. He's talking about your faith in Christ, your belief in Christ. When you put your faith in what Christ has done, you are already pleased in God and God is pleased with you. That is what God wants for you. So God already loves you because he has crowned you. The Bible didn't say he will crown you. He has crowned you with glory and honor. So it's not a future thing. It has been done. All the works of Jesus has been done. And the gospel will point you to the finished work of Christ. Not more do's and don'ts, but it will tell you what has already been done. So today, dear believer, you are loved. That is why God crowned you with glory and honor. The glory and honor symbolizes the affirmation and the love of God over your life that is not going to change. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? There is nothing on the surface of the heart, not even the things to come can separate you from the love of Christ. You are forever loved by God. You are deeply loved. You are highly favored. And nothing can change the way God feels about you. Why, Yinka? Because God has crowned you with glory and honor. And what does it mean to crown somebody with glory and honor? It means affirming the person and reminding the person that the person is loved. And in this context, you are radically loved by God. One last thing before I wrap it up. You see, the two times that God told Jesus that this is my beloved son, a woman well pleased, was at Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 3 at where Jesus was baptized. Jesus had his baptism um around the dead sea area we call that place one of the most one of the lowest region on the surface of the earth where jesus had his baptism in matthew chapter 17 the mount of transfiguration is one of the highest mountains in the whole world so at the lowest mountain at the lowest valley of jesus at the highest mountain of jesus 
God affirmed Jesus and God crowned him with glory and honor. And God said, he is my beloved son. And if you understand what I'm trying to communicate, that simply means at your lowest valley and in your highest mountain, you are loved by God. God doesn't just love you when you are in your highest mountain. He loved you when you are in your lowest valley. His love for you is not, is not based on, on condition. It is not based on situation. It is forever. So he loves you when you are good. And he actually still loves you when you get silly. The love of God for you doesn't change. Nothing can change it. He loves you on your good days. He loves you on your ugly days. You can't unhand the love of God because you didn't earn it in the first place. It was a gift from God to you. Glory to God. So when we say God has crowned me with glory and honor, it means God loves me actively and he consciously affirms me in his love from time to time. God is not mad at you. God is not angry with you. God is rather in love with you. And he wants to remind you that for the rest of your life. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Wherever you are, just say, I am the beloved of God. And God is pleased with me. And that is what it means when the Bible says God has crowned me, man, with glory and honor. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Precious Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you because there's nothing more beautiful than just reminding ourselves that we are unconditionally loved, deeply loved, highly favored, completely forgiven, forever justified. It brings rest to our soul. We just know we can just rest in Jesus' finished works. Oh, glory to God. Let this mind be in every one of us. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' beautiful name, I will pray. And let God's people say, Amen. All right. Thank you for connecting with us from any part of the world you join us from. And this series continues tomorrow, so you can join us from any part of the world. And all these teachings are recorded for free. Catch up with them online for, for free. And since this is a series, other episodes are online, which you can just listen to once you're done listening to this one. If you have a question, send us a DM. If you want to partner with us, reach out to us. We really, really would love to work directly with you. Thank you so much. And the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And what I'm doing right now, I'm beginning to speak to you in Psalms because Ephesians chapter 5 says, speaking to one another in, in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God in your heart. And I just want you to know, just like God says in Psalm 23, that He is your shepherd and He's always with you, even when you don't feel it. So you have all that you need. You may not see it because your sight is limited, but if you focus on this world, you realize you have all that you need. Long before you were born, his supply is far greater than whatever you ever need on earth. If he could give you Jesus, he will give you every other thing you would ever need. Long before you get to that season, he has made provisions available for you. And he wants you to know this. Don't focus on your bank account to define who you are. If he could give you Jesus, he will give you everything. God giving us Jesus, is the proof that he has done for you much more than he will ever do for you he has given you much more than you ever need so just focus on him because you have all that you need and he has made you to lie down in greener pastures in green pastures and when he wants you to lie down he wants you to rest and not stress because he's always working most times you don't feel it so you get worried you get anxious but he says in his word that he has made you to lie down and if he has made you to lie down then rest stop trying to figure out things on your own just allow god to do the things he's doing in your life 
and he leads you beside a still water where everything is cool calm and collected he restores your soul if your heart is troubled before you came here the lord has restored your soul in the mighty name of jesus oh glory to god and though you walk through the valley of shadow of death you don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world glory to god oh man and surely god's goodness god's favor god's unfailing love is what is running after you village people are not chasing you <laughs> it's the goodness of god that is hunting you down it is pursuing you all the days of your life and you rest in the house of the lord forever and ever in jesus name amen if you have been blessed by this message we invite you to partner with us to send the gospel of god's love to all nations send us an email on true spirituality network at gmail.com you can also follow us on all social media platforms true spirituality network on both facebook and instagram t spirituality on telegram and akimika on youtube so catch up with all our podcasts search for akimika on all major platforms including spotify audio mark and anchor as you feed on god's love for you allow his love to cast out every fear and remember it's not about you it's all about jesus Music.